kept hearing two words all week concerning the church, and that's fresh outpouring. I feel like if, if you want it and if you're ready for it, you can claim it, and it's yours. The word that I have go along with um, Pastor Kathy's word. I heard you have not, you have not because you ask not. The Father say, whatever you ask for, you can ask for it, you can ask for it right now. And he will pour out the wonders of heaven and pour out a blessing over you that you can't contain. Whatever you need. If you need to be refreshed, if you need a breakthrough, if you need a certainty, he said, ask. If you need to be restored, or you need something restored that the devil don't took from you, he said, ask. And watch what he will do for you. You can't even dream it. Your mind can't even handle what how he want to bless you. We receive that, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you're a co-laborer and you feel like the Lord's given you a word for the congregation, we're going to ask you to come give it over the mic quickly. I just saw this uh, like hallway, and it was dark on the other side. But he looked back, this person was going for their breakthrough, and they looked behind him, and they were, like, all beaten up. You could tell they had been through a lot. It took one more step to get to the breakthrough, and God was like, take that one more step. He was like, but God, I'm broken. Like, I can't go anymore. He was like, but you survived, and you're going to get your breakthrough if you take one more step. I saw this little girl trying to do a trick, and she, kept, she never gave up. She kept trying and trying. But then this man walks by and says, you really think you can do that? You really, really think you can complete this trick? And she says, yes, with the power of God, I can do anything. Pastor Susan. <laughs> it's, it's early yet. Y'all don't need to... Get discouraged if Pastor Ballard goes long tonight. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Anyway, I just encourage you to uh, honor Pastor Ballard and respect him by staying off your electronics unless you're using him to take notes or for the Bible. And I just... He's been in his prayer closet. He's heard the word of the Lord for this church. And I just encourage you to pay attention and encourage him with your amens and, and your attention. And welcome him as he comes, Pastor Mac Ballard. I was forgetting something. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oy. I want to uh, carry this little message of... Uh, Leaven on out tonight. We've been talking about leaven. It's about the sixth time probably. Um, I want to talk about escaping the seesaw club. Escaping the seesaw club. Everybody know what a seesaw is? Yes. Seesaw is when two kids get a board and put it on something and one gets on one and one gets on that. They go up and down and it's called a seesaw. And they used to have them in all the parks. I mean, professionally made ones that you could hang on to and not get killed. I remember before they, they, they fixed them on the ends and the seesaw would twirl, it would actually spin and throw you off. But the, somebody got sued apparently and they fixed it where it would only go up and down and not spin. 
uh, because mean kids would spin and knock the other ones off and got stitches and stuff like that. Uh, seesaw's always been calling up and down like a seesaw Christianity. People that, before they're in, when they're in, they're really in, and when they're out, they're really out. It's a seesaw Christian. Um, up and down. But I'm talking about escaping the seesaw club of leaven tonight. I've been in a series about this. Um, of course, 1 Corinthians 5, 6 and Galatians 5, 9 have been springboards for me. Uh, we've looked at the context of both of those. And, of course, the first one, it says, Your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? And it's talking about overt sin. And the context uh, has to do with somebody committing sin uh, without thinking about it, without having conviction about it, and how the church rallied around the sinner and made him feel okay about his sin, and it was some of the most perverse sin in the Bible. It's actually a sin where a perverse spirit and a spirit of whoredom came together, and he had an affair with his stepmama. And, and Paul really is dismayed about this. He said, the, he said the heathen don't even do this. The heathen's shocked by what you're doing, and your, your spirit-filled Christians and the heathen are shocked at what you allow. However, he went on, he said, don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? It don't have to be a great big sin. In other words, that's what he's saying, to mess up everything in, the, in you and in everything in the church. Just a little bit, a little teeny bit. Little is micros, where we get microscope or micro, micro. A, a little bit can mess up everything that you are. A little bit of sin. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot some sacred cows tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that some of you are not going to like. And I'm going to sleep good anyway. Because we all need to grow. I'm growing through this series, aren't you? Yeah, we're growing. Galatians 5.9 says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And that's not talking about overt sin. It's talking about another gospel. If you leaven the pure gospel of Jesus Christ with anything else, it creates a malignancy like cancer is what that's saying. And the, 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 see, the Pharisees wasn't going by the law of God. They wasn't going by the Ten Commandments. They wasn't going by the law. They had written a whole other canon of things that wasn't, didn't have anything pertaining. They just wanted to control people. So they were teaching another gospel to contain people and to control people and to keep their position among the Romans. That's what they were doing. And, and he said that leaven leavened the whole lump. It messed it up. It created a cancer in God's people that didn't work out. So that's the two contexts. But there's a story about looking back, and, and that's what leaven is a lot like. It's about looking back to something we thought was a lot better than it was. There's a story of looking back, and, and, and the Israelites in great rebellion looked back with confused memories after they left Egypt. Remember that? And, and when circumstances got tough in the desert, some way or another, their mind got leavened. And uh, it's the story of leaven taking advantage of circumstances. Say that. Leaven will take advantage of circumstances. 
We're not under the circumstances, though. We're under the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not under circumstances. But circumstances created a heart that wasn't stayed on God in the desert, and we know what happened there. It, nobody that was born in Egypt went into the promised land except for two. Everybody died in the desert. The only people that went in the promised land besides the two, Caleb and Josh, was the people that were born in the desert that didn't have any Egypt in them. The leaven, say the leaven of Egypt. The leaven, the poison of Egypt. The malignancy of Egypt. The cancer of Egypt. That, that's a better way to say it. That's what it means. Uh, but they look back in Exodus 16, 17, and Numbers 11 is a shocking view of what leaven can do to the truth. They said, man, I wish we were back in Egypt. Man, the leeks and the food was so much better than what we have in this desert. Man, they were eating manna out of God's hand. He was, they wasn't slaves anymore. The, the Egyptian had enslaved the Israelites for 400 years. And they forgot about the slavery because it was hard in the desert. So circumstances created a leaven that they received that twisted the truth. And they looked back at being in slavery, in slavery. They killed them. They worked them 20 hours a day, made them gather their own straw, make their own brick. They were horribly treated. Yeah, they killed their babies. Oh, my God. It was awful. But they looked back when circumstances got tough and looked back at something that was horrible and wanted horrible over circumstances now. So you've got to watch yourself when you have circumstances. You can let leaven come in, a little leaven. And what does a little leaven do to you? Okay. All right. That's right. We've been at this a while. Leaven in reality was a type of yeast that was mixed in small amounts to make bread rise. In the, in the word, the Israelites left Egypt in haste, quickly, which is a picture of New Testament salvation. And I might add, so they didn't have time to leaven their bread with yeast in Deuteronomy 16.3. Even today, Jewish families celebrate the Passover by eating what? Unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. But in the Bible, leaven is almost always symbolic of what? Sin. Leaven's always symbolic of sin. Almost always. It's only a few times. Like leaven that permeates the whole lump of dough, sin will spread into a person, a church, or a nation eventually overwhelming and bringing its participants into its bondage and eventually to death. Because the wages of sin are death. Okay. Uh, it's usually a slow fade, too. It's real... You can't... It's like a little bitty snake. You can't find it. It's real subtle. Yeah, real subtle. Uh, almost undetectable backsliding with a compromise churchianity culture from humanism that has been planted as leaven in the human soul. That's what it is. That's what it is. But I want to shift. Let's shift. 
Let's talk about salvation. In the Hebrew, the word salvation is, is the word Yeshua. It means something saved. Abstractly deliverance. Uh, salvation is a promise to whosoever calls on the name of the Lord in God's timing shall be saved. But let's define salvation a little more. And what starts the process of salvation? You, I'm not chasing a rabbit. I'm going to bring you back to the counterfeit of salvation here in a minute. Okay? Because that's the big problem in the church is the counterfeit. Amen. Let's go back to the Hebrew word Yeshua. And uh, we're going to look at some roots. It also means aid. Yeshua means aid. I come to your aid. It means victory. It means prosperity. Deliverance and health and help. When you help somebody, you're doing what Yeshua Jesus would do. It's right to help people. Amen. It means salvation and save and saving and health and welfare. And another form of the word Yeshua is Yesha. Yesha. And it means liberty, deliverance, prosperity, safety, salvation, and saving. This is all Hebrew. Uh, Psalms 3.8 says, Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing upon your people, Selah. And that's where we got Yeshua. And likewise, in the New Testament, in the Greek, word for salvation is soteria. And uh, like in Acts 4.12, Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And what is, who are they talking about? They're talking about Jesus, Yeshua. And so that word is a feminine derivative and uh, a 4990. And it mean, it's a noun and it means to rescue. It means safety. It means he'll rescue you. He'll bring you to safety. I mean, that speaks to me again. I've read this before, and I know this, but, but I like rescue and safety physically and morally. Think about that. Not just morally, but physically also. See, a lot of people think it's all moral. It's not just moral. I mean, morally has got to be a part of it. But physically also, he'll rescue you and bring you to safety. I like that stuff, y'all. Amen. So it means deliver, health, salvation, save, and saving. And also that word saved is in the same scripture when he says, when he says uh, let me read this. Nor is there any salvation in any other, for the, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that word saved is the Greek word sozo. How about that? Sozo. Meaning to save, to deliver, or protect. Means to protect, literally and figuratively. Well, I like that. It kind of thinks that he's a strong tower. 
and they that run to him, what? Yes. They'll be safe. See, that, that's what it throws you to, that he's, he's, a, he's not only, he don't, he don't only save you, save you morally, he is, he is, he's a place of safety for you under the shadow of his wings, Psalm 91. Amen, I like that. It means safe also. It sozo means safe also. So the root word for sozo, we, we go uh, to so, soter, and it's a delivery, a deliverer, God or Christ, Savior. Let's look at 4982, sozo, traced all the way to sozo back, because soter comes from sozo also. And, and he's talking about the Savior, the God or Christ right there in the soter. Uh, some people say soter, but it, it, they say pr pronounce it soter here. And uh, so it goes all the way, traces all the way back to sozo also. But where does it all begin? Where does your salvation begin? How does it start? How does God get it in you? I mean, how did God get a hold of me when I made fun of Christians and arrested them? How'd he get me? It sure wasn't the drunk ones I, I arrested talking about, trying to talk about Jesus to me and they blew a 24 and was with somebody else's wife. I, I made fun of you Christians even more. Hypocrites and me didn't work together good. My grandmama started it when I was a little boy. I'd sit in her 255-pound lap. She'd pull me up in there, and she would whisper in my ear that God was going to use me one day, and I was going to be a man of God, and I thought she was a crazy old woman. But she was the only Christian in our family. The rest of, her, of us were humanists, redneck humanists. And we made fun of Christians. Had a real smart family. And it was not good for them to be brilliant. It wasn't. They, they thought they were smarter than God or better, bigger than God, some of them. And they would, they would make fun. And they taught us that Christians, you know, were weak and this, that, and the other. And, and that they really didn't live right and all this. And, and the devil made sure I saw that when I was a police officer and a detective. Made sure I saw that. So what, what, what did it take to overcome that? What did it take for, for Soteria? What did it take for Sozo to grab me? What did it take for God's timing to overcome me? Well, I'll tell you. Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8. He teaches where it begins. It's real simple. That's why it's important to do this. My granny started doing this when I was a little boy. I remember five years old, she would do this. And she didn't know what it was called, but she knew what to do. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then he who plants is, it, he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So it begins at the seed process. It, 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 it starts at my granny looking me in my eyes and saying, baby, I love you. 
It's not always going to be this way. As she was getting the blood out of my nose and checking the choke marks out for me being abused at home, she would just plant her seeds deep in me. She'd say, God loves you. Jesus is Lord. He's going to take care of this one day. He's going to protect you. He's going to bring you to a safe place. You know, she would speak this, and I thought she was nuts because I was in circumstances that created something else in me, doubt and unbelief and pain and hurt and bitterness and offense, right? So I kept looking back like the Israelites, right? But I hadn't got out of Egypt yet, so I didn't have to look back for I was in Egypt in my room. And at my house, it was a death penalty if you dropped a biscuit or you spilled a glass of milk. It was a death penalty. And it was quick. It was quick. And uh, it was shocking, actually. Because a lot of times you didn't even know why you were getting it. I, didn't, I, ha I mean, half the time I got it, I didn't know why. It was never explained. I didn't even know what I'd done. I felt like a punching bag. Because I didn't know why. Tell me why. I'll take it. Tell me why. You know? So I didn't have to look back far because something else was being planted in me through bitterness and offense. But then my grandmama started planting seeds in me. And, and, it, and those seeds got in there. And it took a long time. But those seeds started to do something in me. What? It started to bring me to a place that I believed in God at a high level. But I didn't really know how to get to him because uh, the only one I looked at and saw Christ strong in was my grandmama and Miss Phelps, David Phelps's mama. She was a Christ-like woman. Uh, so, I, so I continued to watch and try to understand and I, I watched this process start in me and probably like started in you, a, a, a process of changing the heart and changed mind. And this true salvation begins with planting, then watering, until there's an enlarging. Say enlarging. And God gives the increase. The seed is planted, watered, and repentance is discovered. See, repent is the Greek word metanoia. And uh, it d denotes a change of place or a change of condition. It means to exercise the mind. In other words, completely clean the mind out of everything that's not of God. To get rid of it. It means to, uh, to repent. It means change the mind. It means a changed mind. It means to relent. Theologically, it involves regret or sorrow accompanied by true change of heart toward God. It is distinguished from metamelaloma. Y'all try to say that five times. <laughs> to regret. See, it's not the same thing as, oh, I just regret that. There's this deep sorrow that comes in you and starts to kick around in your mind and you realize as you look at your life, man, I wish I hadn't have done that and I wish I hadn't have done that and I wish I hadn't have said that and I wish I hadn't because it affected other people like you had been affected before.
when other people did that to you. See, that's when a place, when you realize that you've affected other people with such pain from what come out of your mouth and what come out of your life and what you did to them as you were affected when you were beat or whipped or raped or whatever and you didn't know why, then you've come to the place of repentance. You've come to the place of godly sorrow to repentance. It's not I'm sorry I got caught. It's not I'm sorry that somebody's disappointed in me. It's I'm sorry that I did the same thing that caused me so much pain and torment. It's a changed mind. And when repentance has its finished work, there's a 180 degree turn in your life. Joy, peace, love, compassion replaces all of that bitterness and offense and pain and mistrust. The Bible says love always trusts. 1 Corinthians 13. That's a tough one, isn't it? When you've been abused by people who were supposed to love you and protect you and keep you safe. But then you realize that the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to really keep you safe by, by the Word of God, Psalm 91. Let me say this again. When repentance has... It's finished work. There's a 180 degree turn. And a, and a fixed gaze on Jesus. Going toward him and not other idols. It all starts with a little seed. And that seed is enlarged by what? Watering of the kindness of other Christians. But it starts with the seeds. Think, think of your testimony. How did God put the seed in your heart and to begin the metamorphosis that he wanted to begin? Remember the seed, the first seed that was ever given to you? Put in your heart, you remember it? Who planted that seed? It was my grandmother. And she continued to water those seeds that she planted in me. And then David Phelps planted, and I mean watered. And then other people watered, and other people watered until it was so enlarged in me that I had to look the fact that it was my time to get saved, right? But it starts with a seed. And if we're putting the right seeds in us, that's of the word we're still growing, not worried about being ostracized by even our families. God is our all in all. God's our all in all. Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't allow any other media in his home so he wouldn't get defiled by it. It was to keep from diluting his faith also. He wouldn't let carnality in his house. And, 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 and you know what he did in his life. It was unbelievable. His life was unbelievable. So it's been said that the enemy will use the same principles of counterfeit to counterfeit and dilute what God has done in his people. Is that your experience? Anybody, can, can you see how, how the devil will counterfeit 
salvation. He will counterfeit your Christian experience. He sure will, won't he? And dilute what God has done in you. Biblically, you got the Christ versus the Antichrist system. So you know there's a counterfeit out there. The Bible talks, says there's all many, all many Antichrists gone out. And there's an Antichrist spirit out there that's it, it, transliterated. It means those or that that is against the anointing or the anointed one. That's what it means. Anything that's against Christ is the counterfeit. Anything. Anything. And the subtleness of the Antichrist system is what we're missing. We are not cognizant of the subtleness. Just like I wasn't cognizant at first of the seed that my granny put in me and it one day would enlarge to a place that I had to make a decision and accept Christ or reject him. I wasn't cognizant of that seed growing in me. And the, the Antichrist system is the same thing. There are seeds that they plant in you in everyday life. It's a counterfeit system. And what you believed years ago when you were childlike, all of a sudden you're a know-it-all and you got these seeds of the world in you, you don't believe it anymore. You tell me the devil don't know how to plant these seeds in you? He watched Jesus get win us and he's trying to win us back. Amen. For leaven. All right, we're going back to leaven now. See, you see the seesaw principle? You see, open your eyes, you see, now you're being solved. I once was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. But now the devil's trying to saw me. The seesaw principle. Amen. And how does he do it? The enemy plants seed. He plants seed in you. And that seed is called leaven. And he does it in the, it seems like the most anemic ways. Jingles in Walmart that are blasphemous. Commercials. I know people that started watching commercials and they graduated to pornography. A naked woman's a naked woman. The commercials, they're nearly as naked as they are in pornography. And it was their weakness and they became addicted. That's where the leaven came from, the commercials. <laughs> it ain't being received in all quarters of this church, though. Because <laughs> they want to keep watching naked women and make it legal because it's a commercial. Wow, 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 wow. I miss some of these guys now for the visitors. I've been knowing them all their life. The enemy plants the seed. It is watered over and over by people who impress you. You may respect their looks, their cool, their wit, their mind, their success, their riches, or work ethic. All of a sudden, your mind is enlarging 
toward what you used to renounce. That is what leaven is. It is a seed, not unlike salvation. So it takes you by surprise that you're thinking like you're starting to think. Seesaw. Now you begin to ask, did God really say? You used to be on fire for God. Christ, squall at the altar. You and God had this thing going. You were winning people to Jesus. You were planting seeds all in your friends. And now you're going, did God really say? And you go online and you find some theology that matches up with how you feel because how you feel was planted by leaven and brought you where you are now. There's all levels of theology that satisfy that you think where you are is all right. The devil's created them himself. I'm going to say this. It's going to make y'all mad. The Bible says the demons fear. They believe in Jesus and they shake. They fear. How is it that leaven has the ability to mess up a a former spirit-filled Christian so much that the devils believe in Jesus more than they do? The Bible teaches that Jesus is the Word written down. John what? 1-1? That Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the living Word, but He's written down in my Bible. So when you violate that as a practice, not an accident, but as a practice, there's been some leaven put in you from somewhere that says... that the word don't mean what it says. It's subtle. How is it that American Christians especially only keep the commandments that they won't go to jail for breaking? Does that make any sense? Look at the top ten. The first four have to do with idolatry and breaking the Sabbath. You won't go to jail for that. And Americans break those first four like enough. You get into thou shalt not murder, they don't do that much. Christians don't do You know, They'll go to prison. They don't want to be somebody's girlfriend in prison. It scares us not out of them. Why aren't we in fear of God as much as we are going to prison? You know, going to jail don't scare me as much as going to hell. So here we, some way or another, in grammar school, or in college, or colleagues, or friends, people we've been hanging out with at work, has planted a seed of leaven in us, and it's enlarging itself. And all of a sudden, you're too good to go to your old full gospel church where God saved your life. It's a, not, as cool, not cool enough for you. They're old school. And you look at that as a cuss word. They treat people like they want to be treated. You look at that, it's bad. 
The new thing you got is do unto people before they do it to you. That's your new theology. I had a preach right there, Casey. And let me tell you, that's what, that's what this stuff does. That's what leaven is designed. Just like that seed to get you saved was designed to enlarge in you and bring you to a place of brokenness before God in his time and, and being dragged out by him to get saved. This is designed by the Antichrist system to stop you from being effective in the kingdom of God. When you come to the place, did God really say? Is all this joy of the Lord really pertinent to the Christian experience? Just falling out. Is it really pertinent to yield to God and for God to download something else in you that you won't get when you're talking all the time and not listening? And you start questioning everything because somebody was sent by the devil, somebody that you aligned with with an assignment from hell and they planted the leaven in you. You've got to watch out who you align with these days because some people are not just aligning with you to get right with God. They're aligning because they're an assignment to take you down from the height that you come to in your Christian walk. We've got to watch it. I grew up with guys that were smart and they knew it. And they would remind you of people, uh, where was it Paul went? Uh, this is to an unknown God, Athens, where they were, all they did was think about what they thought was right. They didn't consider God at all. They didn't consider faith. And the Bible says that not many of them got saved. And Paul was the most powerful Christian in the world at the time. He was the most anointed. He healed people. Uh, a, a snake bit him and it didn't kill him. And he was considered a God on the island. And, and of course, he told him, no, I'm not a God. I, I serve God. And he saved me, you know. Uh, but there are people who allow leaven to get in their soul, their mind, will, and emotions. And it negates their ability to ever enlarge in Christianity and become a solid, sold-out, emboldened Christian. I'm telling you, you need to listen to me. You've got to watch what kind of media comes in your house and comes in your ear and comes in your eyes. Because when it gets your, your ears, your eyes, it's a gate. And, and, the, and, and the enemy, the Antichrist system, wants to invade your gate with leaven. So it can plant something in you that begins to enlarge and causes you to look back to Egypt when your circumstances are not so easy. It's important. You begin to ask, did God really say when you begin to enlarge in leaven? Are you even call it legalism or control what God said was right before? Your spirit man begins to shrink, which allows your carnal mind to grow, taking over your thought process void of Holy Spirit 
influence. Creates a sort of up and down experience. Like a seesaw. Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is enmity or an enemy, enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor it indeed can be. So you come to a place where you let the carnality of this world influence you with this seed of leaven. And it becomes so enlarged that your spirit man shrinks and no longer is the Holy Spirit able to get to you. Except in circumstances. Amen. Then when you're out in the world, you're comfortable with almost anything. Thinking you are in control, but leaven is growing, influencing, and deposing what was once strong biblical ethics. Yet, when you are in the church, the anointing influences you and you get some deliverance if the anointing is real strong. And that gives you strong resistance while you're in the service under that awesome power. But if you progress in, a, in, in the humanistic self-reliant mindset that comes with leaven, people doing what you always used to do begins to irk you. A simple praise and worship service begins to irk you. Oh, they're going to get in the middle again so they can be seen. Look, look at him. I, I know he ain't perfect. What's he doing up front? It begins to irk you. You begin to judge other people. People ain't going to be perfect. This is a hospital. This ain't no hotel. This is not a country club. Every one of these people came from bad circumstances. Some of them used to be drug addicts. Killers. Yeah, killers. Some of them is just nasty, mean. And look what Jesus did to them. They're sweetest people now. And it irks you when you've got a measure of leaven in you, no matter how good and how perfect they are. It still irks you. Are you, are you minimize it now? Or you say to yourself, i got to get out of here. It's the same reaction as someone who has been defiled by bitterness. It's a strange looking response to me. Normally, bitterness is faster than, than the little fox's style of leaven. And that's what I'm talking about. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Little foxes. Mikros. But there is a fast moving leaven. It's called bitterness. <laughs> but if you get bitterness in you, if you get offended and go to bitterness, the root of bitterness, it's a fast-moving leaven. It don't take long. Everything irks you that you used to love. But bitterness is leaven also. It's just fast-moving. It's not the little fox time. It's a seesaw effect in your belief system. Anybody ever battle a seesaw effect in your belief system? I have. It's a seesaw effect in your belief system. You've been leavened. You've been leavened. 
Now you can use your new belief system laced with poison and malignancy of leaven to pretty much do what you want to do. Your next step is universalism. Remember universalism in your class? His brother's in Tennessee right now. But they went to a worldview class at Ballard Christian School, and they learned what universalism was and how dangerous it is. That's the next step. As you let leaven grow, it'll come to the place where you'll become a universalist. You'll believe all roads lead to, to God, and, and of course they don't. That's what the devil wants you to believe. Amen. Seeds are powerful. Leaven is just another type of seed, and ever much is powerful. You've got to understand it. The same way you got saved, the same way God brought you to salvation and made you a strong Christian, it's the same way that the Antichrist system wants to bring you to leaven and get you to look back at Egypt with great joy when circumstances are tough. Got it. I'm exposing it. You need, to, you need to grab onto this. I want to close with this. John 18, 36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. His kingdom is not of this world. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was the first one to pray that prayer, our dear Savior. And he wants his kingdom to invade this earth through us. But it is not of this world. You will not dress like the world. You will not look like this world. You will not be like this world. You will not act like this world. You will not speak like this world. You will not curse like this world. You will not be mean like this world when you get a hold to the kingdom of heaven through Jesus Christ. Anything else is leaven and it will pull you back into it if you let it. But you're being attracted by a spirit of Antichrist and they're planting seeds in you and you need to watch out what your alignments are. Your media alignments, your television alignments, your radio alignments, your music alignments, your game uh, boy alignments, all of these alignments will plant seeds of leaven in you if they're not, if they're of this world and they're not of the kingdom of God. And it'll lay there and it'll look dormant. But just a little bit at a time. The devil's patient. He don't mind claiming you at 60 years old. He don't. He don't mind. He wins. He wins. Hebrews eleven thirteen. It's the end of the hall of faith. It's talking about all these people that did all these great things for Jesus. And this is what it says about them. These all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and persuaded of them, and embraced them, and and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. You're a stranger and a pilgrim 
You're trying to bring the kingdom of heaven to a hellish place. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I begged you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Do you hear that? Leaven wars against your soul. When you align yourself with the wrong things, it wars against your soul. It's poison. It's malignancy. It's like cancer. That's what leaven is. What's the difference in a sojourner and a pilgrim? A sojourner is, is a, an alien. A pilgrim is an alien that has the right to be there, that, that is legal. So the Bible knew there was going to be two different ones. I don't care where you're from. I'm going to tell you about Jesus and love you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how much God loves you. We're going to eat together. We're going to have a good time together. But let's not allow leaven to become a seed, a cancer, and a poison that becomes your door backsliding. I'm telling you, there are people in this church today that needs to get off the seesaw. There are people in this church today that needs to get off the seesaw and repent. God's got a lot of work in you. He planted seeds in you by different people and brought you to a place of brokenness, a place of humility, and He saved your life. You cannot look back to Egypt because it's tough now. Because there's nothing back there. There's nothing back there. I'm telling you, you've got to think about this. It's important because this is the trap it's a me cross trap. It's a, it's a little trap. It don't look like much, but it's, it's something that will enlarge. There's, there's a new cement out there, concrete. And it's a quick way of putting poles in the ground. And it'll put a pole this big around in the ground. You can put the pole in the ground. You can get it uh, level, and you can get it straight. And you put this stuff in it. It looks like a foam, but it's concrete. It goes in the ground just a little bit and it grows and enlarges, comes to the top of the ground, even with the ground, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to work, you don't have to stab it. It just takes over and that pole's in the ground. It's a cross between a foam and a cement. That's what leaven is. It starts out real little. It's not fast acting. But when your alignments are, are, are divided, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When your alignments are divided and you're okay, you're okay in the world and you're okay in the church, something's wrong with that. You ought to be uncomfortable in the world. If you've grown spiritually, you ought to be uncomfortable. I remember when I used to come to church before I was saved, I was uncomfortable to church. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. Standing up and telling me I'm going to hell. Shoot, I ain't going nowhere. You know, I, I, was, I was defiant at first. 
And then the Holy Spirit started messing with me like you knew he would. My granny knew he would. And I got saved. And now I are one. I'm one of y'all. Used to make fun of you. That's why I know how easy it is to go back. I've seen so many people go back and they think they're all right. I know people right now, they're sitting in the back of a big church head. They come in late and leave early. Think they're pacifying God and they come once a month. They don't pour their life in Christ, but they want Him to pour His life in them. And they used to be stronger Christians than what I am. I'm telling you, how, how do you get from a strong, zealous, wild Christian and go back to just existing and sometimes making it? And how do you how do you do how do you get back there? I'm telling you, it's eleven. And you've got to watch out what your alignments are. I, I encourage you, you, this is one of these sermons you can go home and you can work on it tonight. You can start tonight. This ain't one of these uh, baffling you with bull, you know, shooting out to the stars jump, weird stuff, or, or stuff that's so intellectually um, overwhelming that you've got to go like, what did he say tonight? Because I'm not able to do that anyway. <laughs> but I am able to tell you what works and what don't work because I tried it all. I tried it, and I know what don't work. I know what ain't cool. And so I'm telling you tonight, you can go home, and you look at all the media in your house, and if you'll judge yourself, you'll find that you are aligning with some things that are really hurting your Christianity. <coughs> if you're honest... You'll look in the mirror and you'll say, you know, I used to love what our church was about, but now I've struggled with it some. Why? Because somebody done pooped in your cereal, baby, and you ate it. That's what leaven is, and you ate it. Pastor Han told me a story one time. Pastor Han was over our fellowship of churches for years. He was 75 when he died two and a half years ago. I want you to know, he and I started at my house in 1985. It was just one church. It was about 20. But he was a missionary. Loved him some Nicaragua. Loved Nicaragua. Loved him. More than anybody I've ever seen, he loved the mission field. And he said, now when you go to the mission field, you got to eat what they give you. Don't matter what, you've got to eat it because you can't offend them. You're trying to win them to Jesus. You don't want to offend them, make them think Jesus is a butt. You know, that Jesus is like us, Americans, arrogant Americans. And that's what he always said, Americans is the most arrogant country in the world. And he knew. He had been a school principal here. He, he knows. He used to be one of them, you know. But he became a, a humble guy. He and his wife are humble. And he told me, he said he was watching, and this woman was cooking a pot of chicken. Boiling chicken, go make chicken soup. And a chicken jumped up on the pot and turned around and pooped in the pot. And she didn't see it.
He hadn't been down that long neither. His language, his skill in the language hadn't grown yet. He was all right. How do you explain to somebody that's so poor that feeding you one of their chickens is like you're the king of the world and you're not going to eat it? And you don't have a command of the language. That's a dilemma in it. You Americans, well, I'm fasting today. That don't work down there, does it? Former missionaries. They think you're arrogant and don't want to eat what they eat. How do you explain what just happened? He didn't know how. That's what leaven is. That icky thing you feel in you is the icky thing God sees in us. We're supposed to be holy and righteous and loving and compassionate and merciful. We're supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, not the fruit of the flesh. And all of a sudden, God looks down at us and there's this ickiness in our heart. And it's called leaven. Because the enemy, through wrong alignment, has planted it there and it's starting to enlarge itself. And you're changing. Your mind's changing back. Your heart's not stayed on Christ. He's not number one. There's idolatry in your family. You're teaching your kids to be religious but not saved. You're teaching them churchianity but not Christianity through leaven, through wrong alignments. So I'm telling you, tonight you can judge yourself. Tomorrow's a holiday for several of you. You can judge yourself. What do you mean, no? What holiday is it? Hey, just go over to America, man. That's my cousin. Hey, David, I'm sorry. When I, I'm going to come take that country. You're going to get Columbus Day off, good as hell you are. You are too, buddy. Y'all, excuse me, I was interrupted by these two. And I got pulled right into it. I don't think that was living. I think that was bull. <laughs> no. It ain't the same kind, though. I'm telling you, tonight, every one of us can go home and we can have a family discussion. Do you see any living in me, Mama? Baby, do you see any living in me? Kathy, you see some living in me? You don't think I won't come dive on you in front of everybody. <laughs> but tomorrow, well, tomorrow, David, when you're riding in your car, you got a mirror up there, look in your eyes. You know if you're lying or not. I know when I'm lying to myself. Don't y'all? You know when you're deceived. You look in that mirror by yourself. It's a good time, actually, to do it. Be by yourself, you and God. Is there any leaven in me? I, have I got any alignment that could be assignments? And it's a reason I'm changing the reason. Sometimes it irks me at certain people. 
played the wrong songs that I don't like. I mean, it's all kind of junk that Levin does to you. I don't like that song. When's he going to get off that Levin series? I might, I might preach it four more years. You know when I'll get off of it? When the Holy Ghost tells me to. I got that ten things I wanted to do myself, but the Holy Ghost kept messing with me and making me do this. This has been some, it's some, it's some revelation in this, y'all. Do you want to be a churchianity or do you want to be Christianity? You want to be the church of the living God or you want to be a, a social club? That's what we got to choose. That's what we're choosing tonight. That's what we're dealing with. Levin's all right in a country club. They don't care. You know? You can be full of bull if you want to be in a country club. But, but in this place, when the Holy Spirit comes, he wants, to, he wants to find purity. He goes all over the earth and he's looking. He's going to and fro all over the earth looking for somebody he can show himself strong in. He is. God's looking. He wants to raise you up and exalt you and bless you. And he wants to promote you. But not with leaven in you. So tonight, tomorrow, next week, I, I would encourage you. This is a, a, one of them growing times. And next Sunday, we'll take it up again if God's in it. Okay? Well, that's all I got. And I love y'all more than you love me.